Hello and welcome everybody to our third episode of Modestly Outspoken. Welcome everyone. Thank you for tuning in. We gladly appreciate it. Yeah, thank you so much. And thank you again for all the great feedback. And it's very interesting because I would say that 90% of that feedback was just suggestions of, hey, we really want to listen more to Caesar. We want to see, you know, what he has to say about real estate and investing. So that's what we have chosen to spoke to speak about today. Caesar is going to give us a little insight of his experience with investing, which of course we're going to disclose. It's just his opinion, just his experience. Neither him or myself are expert as, experts at this. Yeah, we're not investing experts. We're just talking based off of our experiences and yeah. our opinions. Yeah, but he has a very interesting story. Um, so if you don't mind, just jump right ahead. Tell us a little bit about what happened a few years back. Yeah, of course. So let's go back two and a half years ago, right? So I was starting at Rutgers and I remember that I saved up $6,000 for my internship. And I was very curious, how can I, you know, invest this money and make it worth more? So I was going on Instagram, following all these uh, investment pages, and at the time, cryptocurrency was just up. This up. was only a few years back, right? Few years, yeah, right, right before the bubble started. So which I, bubble? The cryptocurrency bubble. Okay. Right. So September 2017, I was doing all my research, and I felt comfortable enough to invest six thousand dollars into the market. Right. So I invested it. A thing I do want to mention is that I was willing to lose it. Whatever happened, I was willing to lose that money and I was okay with it. Okay. Right? So I invested $6,000. Fast forward four months later, in December 2017, my portfolio value went up from $6,000 to $25,000 in four months. Wow. Which is crazy to me. I thought I was an expert. I was like, wow, I'm like the best at cryptocurrency trading. So in a matter of six months, your portfolio went up tremendously. Forex, Forex, wow. basically, yeah. And so, how do you, how did you feel about that? I did you felt feel like, like I was the on top of the world. I was, yeah, I felt like I was the best investor. I was, I felt like I was the smartest investor. I, I felt like I knew more than a lot of the people out there. I was like, wow, this is so easy. Investing is so easy. Did you know any around you that was getting that much money as well? No, I didn't know anyone at Rutgers personally, or anyone, any of my friends that were investing at that time. Okay. Right. So I was like, holy, holy moly, I'm making so much money. Well, the value of my portfolio is up so much. And then fast forward, you know, from December to around July, June 2018, my portfolio value went down from $25,000 to $2,000. In a matter of months, I lost everything. You know, I went from over here and a couple months later, I was down here at the bottom again. And my ego, you know, my ego was like up here when I was, when my value, the value of my portfolio was worth so much. Now it's, it was over here. So it was, it was a big punch in my gut. I, I felt like, wow. Like, yeah, for it sure. It was one of the worst feelings ever losing that much value in my portfolio. Of course. And the funny thing is that guys, I remember when Caesar shared this story with me, I almost fell off my chair. And for some reason, this guy just says it so calmly, like nothing. I'm like, what? You know, that's insane. That much money, it's insane. The key to it was that going in, I knew I was willing to lose it all, right? Everybody knew at the time that that was a very high risk investment. Either you won big or you lost big. Mm -hmm. So obviously at the time I was winning big and yeah. then 
you know, I didn't pull out when I should have, and it all went down. Wow. Yeah, it was it was one of the worst experiences for my investing career. Yeah, interesting. But I learned a lot. So I have a question for you. Do you think, from what I'm seeing, right, like you, you mentioned that when the value of your portfolio went up all the way to over $20,000, you felt like you were invincible. Do you think that the reason why you didn't pull out was... Some sort of, you know, human nature where your ego takes over? For sure. I, I think I was very egoistic. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was uh, I was listening to the news too much. Okay. Right? There was all these Bitcoin experts or cryptocurrency yeah. experts saying Bitcoin was going up to 40000 Right? So I'm like, oh, if that's the case, I'm just going to hold on. Why, yeah. why would I pull out now if I have an opportunity to make even more money? Yeah. Right? So, you know, paying attention to a lot of people's opinions, not doing my own research, and not noticing that I was in a bubble, in a huge bubble that, would, that eventually exploded. Yeah, the, the business cycle for cryptocurrency was... It went from 4000 to... a year. When I, when I bought, for example, Bitcoin itself, I bought it at 5000 and less than three, four months, it was worth 20000 That doesn't happen. That's not no. normal. No. Right? And it was all based off of news. A lot of people were saying, oh, crypto's going up. On the news, on Facebook ads, everywhere you went, there was Bitcoin news, cryptocurrency news. And the more news outlets spoke about it, the more people invested. Then hedge funds came in. So then, what does that mean? So for the people that know, right, that don't know, right? Mm-hmm. The one reason why the value of a stock goes up or an investment goes up is because there's a lot of demand for it, right? Yeah, like supply and demand. Like, okay. uh, for example, let's say cryptocurrency, I think... There's only 18, they can only produce about 21 million coins, right? Let's say there's 21 million coins and they can't produce anymore. So the more demand there is for those coins, the higher the value will be. Mm-hmm. And that's how it was going. There's yeah. only a certain amount of coins out there. So they can't think, reproduce do more. Do you think this bubble happened with crypto uh, just because of word of mouth? Or do you really believe in the mission of crypto, right? Like we're going to leave... Uh, like the new money is going to be electronic money instead of having a paper with you. Did you really believe? I did. Okay. I did. I, I really believed in it and I was very passionate about it because I saw some of the issues that we currently have with, you know, with fiat money, right? Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, as time has gone on, a lot of companies are investing into blockchain and cryptocurrency. So I still do think it's the future. But I think people, you know, now that there's investors, big whales, Wall Street is investing into it. All the Wall Street firms have cryptocurrency divisions. It's not as volatile. There's a lot of regulation now. Some countries have banned cryptocurrency, right? So now with less regulation, you could have made more money. It was a lot more volatile. Now with a lot more regulation, there's only so much you could make. Yeah. So obviously, you know, it makes it unattractive if you're coming in and you are planning to 5x your money in four months. So I think that's why it's a little bit more controlled. But that's what happens to every currency that or every market. It okay. gets regulated eventually. And then the profits go down. Okay. So I do have another question. Was this the very first time that you were investing money uh, yeah, into the I, stock market? or or I never invested in anything, anything. else. That was the first time. The first? Wow. So you went hard. Yeah, I went hard. Uh, 
and I was willing to lose that money. So I went hard, but I knew that either I was going to win big or I was going to lose. And, you know, at the time I knew that Bitcoin was going to go up. There was so much news on it. It was, and it did go up. I was right, but I didn't pull out on time. But so this is my question to you. Um, you know, there's a saying in Spanish, I'm going to try to translate it in, in English. What goes up fast goes down fast. So didn't you, didn't that come to your head? You know, this is booming way too fast. There is a possibility that is going to crash down as fast. Of course, it was in the back of my head. But at the mm -hmm. same time, you like kept I holding. You, I kept, kept holding because I was, was going to uh, go higher. I was, I was uh, very optimistic that I was going to keep going up. If the new, there was just so much news happening and people were just like, people were investing in December when Bitcoin was at $20,000. $20, people were taking home equity loans out, taking value out of their homes to invest into cryptocurrency. People were taking credit card loans to just invest to into invest. cryptocurrency. So people were doing anything to get into crypto. So I saw that behavior. I was like, wow, this is going to keep going up, keep going up, keep going yeah. up. But like you said, Just like how everything goes up very fast, it must come down. Must and come down. I was on the on the bad end of that. I, I didn't pull out on time and I suffered. So now that you know what happened, right? Like we'll, we'll get into the things that you that you have learned so far from losing that much money. But my question is, uh, now that you know a little bit more, when do you think is the right time to pull out? Right? Like there is a point where, you know, it gets to its peak And then it just starts going down. Yeah, well, no one knows when it's at its peak. No one can time the market. That's what I've learned from investing. You can't time the market. You don't know when it's going to be the highest and you don't know when it's going to be the lowest. You just have to go in there with certain goals. So, for example, you know, you feel comfortable that your value, the value of your portfolio is at right here. If it goes down 20%, then you sell, right? You have okay. to, what, how much are you willing to lose or how much are you willing Uh, to let your portfolio go down in value, and then when are you going to sell? Okay. Right. There's different goals. People want to make some quick bucks. Some yeah, people like want to, you know, be long-term investors. Mm -hmm. Some people really believe in cryptocurrency, so they're going to stay in it whether they lose money or not. It depends on the person. Depends what your goal is. Your goal, how risk adverse you are, right? Yeah. How, like if if you have a family and you have kids, I'm assuming you're not going to be as risk adverse as I was, right? Where I was willing just to throw money into it and just take the risk. Interesting. Okay, interesting. Okay, so now let's get into the lessons that you've learned, right? What have you learned? And if you can please be a little detailed. So, you know, like bullet one or, you know, one, two, three, number down. What do you have learned? What, I, what I've learned from investing into crypto? Yes, or investing overall, right? It goes the, the same mindset goes into everything, right? So you said that uh, basically you were based off your investment decisions on social media, what people, where the big people were saying about crypto, right? That was your strategy for investing. Or did you use... Yeah, so I would, I would use other social media experts to see where the, where the attention was. I would also read a lot of articles. At the okay. beginning, I would do four... I would read four to six hours a day I'm to cryptocurrency. I was like up to date. As soon as a new article came out, I would get alerts and I would base my decisions based off of those alerts, right? I just tried to, the best of my ability, understand every investment choice that I made. So my portfolio was based out of, I had Bitcoin, Ripple, Ethereum, 
Litecoin, uh, Cardano. There was just basically a bunch of different stocks, right? If you look at it in the stock uh, in the stock market world of cryptocurrency, yeah, right? I didn't only have Bitcoin. Everybody just thinks you know, of Bitcoin, Bitcoin, yeah. But there was a lot of other coins that I made a lot more money on, right? But they were riskier, of course. So what I would do is I would go and look at these crypto currency experts see what they were talking about they're like oh this is a good coin i would go do my research i would look at their team see if they had credibility i would look at their company see you know what kind of track record do these people have or are they just making up a lot of news right so i would look at how credible their team was how credible the company was did you look at any charts no, because a lot of these companies just came out in 2017, 2016. Okay, so there was not enough data there wasn't, there for wasn't, you to analyze. No, there wasn't data. The, the only data there was was on crypto, uh, on Bitcoin. But even if you look at the charts, it was like impossible. Like it's, it was like, I've never seen anything like that. Okay. So it was like, if you look at the Bitcoin yeah. chart, it was like. Yeah, 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 yeah. So you, you would, I mean, I based it off of news and. That was just my case, right? So that's what I would do. I would I got really, really good at scrubbing data and making a choice based on that. Okay, right? awesome. So I know we got a little bit off of track. I um, I know that I said, hey, let's get into the things that you've learned. Mm-hmm. So let's tie up what you've learned with what went wrong, right? Yeah. So you basically followed what every every investor or any Google's art, Google article tells you. Okay, so when you're going to invest, you need to you know research the company, see the potential. But even if you did that, you still lost money. And we can attest to that because, you know, we can agree that you also got greedy. But what are the things that went wrong? And what what, what did you learn? Well, what went wrong is that I didn't pull out on time. I didn't pull out when... So what went wrong in your process, right? Oh, what went wrong? I didn't have system in place. I didn't have a system in place that... If my portfolio went down, for example, twenty percent, I would sell all my all my okay. positions in cryptocurrency. Okay. So that's what I learned. It's called uh, on Robinhood. If you guys use this app, which we'll talk about a little bit more going forward, it's called a stop loss. So basically, let's say if your portfolio goes down twenty percent, the application that you're using will automatically sell all your shares or the percentage of shares that you want. So I think if I would have had that in place, that system in place, it would have saved me from losing so much money yeah. or so much value in my portfolio. Yeah. So that's one of the main lessons that I learned. Okay. Having systems in place, because the thing with cryptocurrency is that it's it wasn't like a stock market. The stock market is open Monday through Friday from 9.30 to 4.30, right? So that's the only time you could trade. Yeah. Cryptocurrency was 24-7. Uh-huh. So I think it was a day after Christmas, the whole the value just started going down and I was opening my presents. I was enjoying family time. So I was, I wasn't on my phone, so I couldn't see that the value just started going down drastically. Right. So that's why people should have systems in place in case you don't have time to be on your phone. What if you're at work? Yeah. What if you're on a client call and you just don't have time and you don't see it? But I have a question. Were you invested in crypto through Robinhood? No, I, uh, I, I would invest through this app called Coinbase. Okay. And did you have the option to do what you're talking about right now, where if it hits a certain mark, it sells it for you right away? I don't know. I I learned about that later on after the value went down. I was like, what what should have I done better? 
And then once I started, you know, ex- investigating and, and learning from my mistakes, that's when I learned about it. I don't know if Coinbase had that because Coinbase was also a new thing. Everything was new. No one knew anything about cryptocurrency. No one knew everything. Okay, interesting. So what else have you learned? I would say that's 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 the main thing. Everything else, I've the whole process I've repeated again with the stock market, like my whole process. That, that was the main takeaway. Mm-hmm. Pull out when you can and have systems in place. So when that does happen, when the bubble bursts, you won't suffer as much. Okay, awesome. Interesting. Okay, so it was very, you know, very simple. Um, it was a very risky investment. Yeah. Okay. So now that you've learned, you decided to go hard from the very beginning. Uh, I do know Caesar is, you know, he's still, he's, he's become a little bit more experienced with investing. He now has portfolios invest portfolios and then money invested in, uh, in the stock market. I feel like it's very diversified. So tell us, tell us a little bit more of what you have now and uh, what are your tactics now? Yeah. So I wouldn't say it's too diversified. Uh, I would say I'm a... Much I'm a, more than just cryptocurrency. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess you could put a, a company to the, to the stock, right? So right now I'm an investor in Tesla, and I am an investor in this company called Square. Uh-huh. So the reason I invested into just... I'm going to go a little bit into it in, in terms of my strategy. It's very similar to the strategy I had before, right? Something else that I learned that I just thought about is that you need to be very clear about your strategy going forward. What do you want to do? Do you want to make quick money in the next month? Do you want to be a long-term investor? Or do you really, really believe in the company and it doesn't matter what happens, you're going to be invested into it. You're just investing into the company because you really love the company, right? And then there's other types of investors, but those are the main three, right? So for me, now at this age, I'm 24, I'm thinking about my future, right? I'm thinking about how can I multi, how can I five x my money in the next five to ten years? So I need to go for growth stocks. Growth stocks are companies that aren't at they haven't reached uh, the for level example, of like Coca Cola, McDonald's. Yeah, where they've been there for years, and you know they're just growing at a steady pace. They're companies that still have potential to grow at an exponential pace, right? Yeah, or or rate. And, you know, they're, they're going to make an impact in the world. So yeah. when I was usually, looking... F- so growth companies are usually monies that are receiving a lot of cash, but are reinvesting that cash in order to keep growing. Yeah, a lot of, they invest a lot into research and development, yeah. which is really important. Yeah. So when I was looking at the stock market, you know, I started dipping into the stock market again in march when everything was done i'm like wow this is like literally the next recession this is yes i remember that i used to look back in the day how the stock market went down in 2008 and i was like wow if i would have invested in this time i would have made so much money so when i saw the same thing happen in march i was like this is a once in a lifetime opportunity this is like this happens once every eight to ten years yeah so i saved up as much money as i could and i put it on the stock market I bought Tesla first, right? Because I believe before I wasn't a big fan of Tesla, right? That's just, I, I didn't think their cars were too appealing you know, in look-wise, aesthetic-wise. But after doing a little bit more research and understanding the company a lot more, I saw the vision that Elon Musk has. 
And I'm confident that he will at least accomplish some of the things he says. And if that's the case, that company is going to blow up, right? That's just Tesla, right? With Square, the same thing. Square, I don't know if you know, they own Cash App. Cash App is blowing up right now, right? They, you can trade cryptocurrency on it, and the trade volumes have gone up dramatically. So Square is another company that I believe in five to ten years will grow and will make an impact on many small businesses yeah, for sure. and people. Yeah, especially after the pandemic, a lot of companies, small businesses were forced to adapt. And what a better way to do it through Square that provides you... I would say it's like a Shopify, it's a credit card company, um, everything in all in one. Yeah. Yeah. It's very easy to use. So those are the two companies I'm like, you know what? I'm willing to put my money into these companies and I I'm confident in the next five to ten years they will grow. Okay. So again, uh what you're doing, basically the data that you're using is just or how you're basing off your strategy is by, hey, do I believe in this company enough that is going to keep growing in the next five years? So we would say that the steps that you're taking now is, first of all, hey, where do I stand? How risk averse am I, right? What risk am I willing to take? The second one is, what do I see myself investing on? Long-term, short-term, do I want to make quick money? Do I want to make fast money? Or do I see myself, you know, investing and letting it grow in the future, right? And then third, what you're saying is, okay, now the companies that I'm going to invest in, I need to believe that they're going to have some type of impact on people. But are you using any charts like traders do where they see like dips and highs? Uh, Are you looking for trends? Are you looking for companies with certain business cycles? No. So what I'm looking at is first, I need to understand the business. I think that's something else. uh, Another mistake that I made with cryptocurrency. I I never fully understood what Bitcoin did Mm -hmm. or Ethereum or all the other coins. So I learned that lesson early on and before I invested into Tesla and Square, I made sure I did maybe 80 hours of research on each company. I listened to their earning calls. I listened to a lot of speeches the CEO had. So uh, can you give us an example on why, let's say, I know that we spoke about this with Tesla on an earning call. Why is it important to join in one? Yeah, so on the earning call, to summarize it really quickly, they talk about What's going to happen in the future of Tesla, right? So in the last earning call for Tesla, they spoke about how they're going to build a power plant in Texas. That's very important, right? They were deciding between Texas, California, and I think the other state. I don't remember what the other state was. But it was very important that they pick Texas because it's tax-friendly, right? A lot of people are moving to Texas because there's less taxes over there. So that's an important that's an important factor when investing into Tesla. That's an right? incentive, right? Yeah, it's yeah, an incentive. They gave them a lot of tax breaks, and that's why they went to Texas. If you so, stay in California, that's the highest. As soon as he mentioned highest. that, the stock value went up. After that earning call, the stock went up like five percent after hours. Okay. Yeah. So an earning call can make a lot of difference, and it could give you a glimpse of what's going to happen in the future. Mm-hmm. Right. He talked about how many cars were produced. He talked about the profit of the company. It's very important to. In my opinion, if I don't understand something and I invest into it, it always goes wrong. I need to understand. That's just how I am. I need to understand to the best of my ability on what I'm investing in so I can feel comfortable and sleep 
at night comfortably. comfortably. Um, because yeah. I've had the situations where I don't know what I'm investing in and it goes wrong and it's all my fault because I had no idea what I was investing no in. No idea. You had some sort of, now you have some sort of control, right? When you are doing your due diligence before yeah. you invest and you understand the mission and you know, I understand where the, the business. company is going. Yeah. I understand the business. I know how they make money, right? Yeah. With cryptocurrency, I didn't know anything. I just knew, I just read the news. That's all I knew about cryptocurrency, yeah. So I have a, another question. You mentioned, we mentioned the earnings call. Can anybody join? Yes. Or do you have to be an investor in order yeah, to? Yeah, so like on Tesla, you would go to tesla.com and then you would, put, you would click on the investor tab and then it tells you every three months they have a different uh, time and then you, uh, this last quarter, I think you would have to join through a Zoom call. So anyone could join. It's free. You could listen to it. And if you don't have a chance to listen to it, just go on YouTube and put Tesla quarterly call 2020 and you'll see the last ones. Interesting. Okay. And then for, okay, now you also mentioned, hey, I do a lot of due diligence. I need to understand the business. Can you give us a little bit of examples on what sources do you use, right? Because you're telling me, hey, you know, I, I search the company, but sometimes you go on Google and search, hey, let me search for Tesla. There's a million articles. What do you focus on? Which articles would you click? Uh, where would you read it? And what would you focus on if it's like an article of, I don't know, 20 pages? Like what are the keywords that you focus on when you're reading about a company? Yeah, so I'll, I'll walk you through my Tesla due diligence period. So first, I went on YouTube and I put Tesla stock YouTube review. YouTube always I love YouTube, hand. yeah. So then I watched... I don't know, 40 hours of videos of everyone's opinion on Tesla. You so know? are you, you go for everybody's opinion, I right? just so like to hear everybody's opinion first. Yes. Right? Wrong so I, or right or completely There is no ones. wrong or right. It's just their opinion, right? So I listen to their opinion and I'm like, all right, so what's, what are some of the trends that they're talking about? A lot of the trends are like how the number of cars are going to increase in the future, how there's... Uh, autopilot driving coming up, how the trucks are going to take over. So I, I would write these trends down. Then I would go to tesla.com and I would look at their quarterly calls. They have a PDF, right? Which is like basically like a, a sheet telling you all the facts that they talk about in the calls. Then I would go to the, I would go to that sheet and I would read if they've made progress and what they've said. So for example, let's say Tesla uh, a year ago said that they were, by 2020, they were going to produce 100,000 cars every quarter. And this is on the PDF? This is on the PDF. Okay. So then I would go to 2020 and I would be like, how many cars did they produce? And if it's true, that means they're making progress. And that's how I would do my due diligence. Wow. Interesting. Right? I would look at the profit. Has it gone up? I would look at the cash they're having, right? Right now during the pandemic, something I made sure of is do they have enough cash to get through this tough time? And they did have enough cash, in my opinion, right? So th those are the types of things that I look at. With Square, I looked at how many users, how have the number of users grown from 2018 to 2019 to 2020? And there's been a drastic amount of increase, right? How much are they making any profit on Cash App? Are they making profit on the Square uh, products that they have? So I look at all that. Are they making progress? In summary, are they making progress and are they growing? And those two companies were growing at a very fast pace. And I think they're not even at the, the top yet. I mm -hmm. think they have so much more to grow, mm -hmm. which makes it exciting as an investor. Mm -hmm. Interesting. So um, how, how many hours a week do you spend 
doing this research? Like I said before, it depends on what you feel comfortable with. For me, it took me... For Square, I did a lot more research because I didn't understand them too much. And it was it's very complex. For Tesla, I did maybe 40 hours of research. It took me like two weeks to make a decision, finally. Okay, so it, it took you 40... So, okay. So, 40 hours to initially beforehand invest, like just to do the research, your due diligence in order to invest. And now after that, do you keep doing research on Tesla? Not really. Before you sell? Not really. Or I, do you have any? Because, because I'm a long-term investor. Okay. The, my, my, my position is not to sell immediately. I really do believe in the company, right? So now I just, you know, every when I wake up, I read the news. Every time I, I wake up now at 7 a.m. So I wake up at 7 a.m. and I read the news from 7 to 7.30. That's my daily schedule Monday through Saturday. Mm-hmm. And if there's Tesla news, I'll read it. And if not, then I'll just leave it alone. And, yeah, I do make sure I, I hop on the quarterly calls because those are very important and same as Square. But I usually read the news every, every morning. And if there's anything important about those two companies, I'll definitely read it. But I don't, I don't really do that much due diligence now that i'm an investor okay. not really unless okay. i see it going down immediately then of yeah. course i'm gonna be like oh what's going on but i have the systems in place that will tell me if it's going down like if tesla goes up five percent my phone will give me a notification tesla has gone up five percent mm-hmm. right and then i if i'm interested in learning why then i'll read an article about okay. it if not if i'm having a busy day then i move on yeah yeah, yeah, like, yeah, oh, yeah. great okay awesome so from what from what i've been hearing um there is a trend that you like to invest in companies that are somehow involved with technology, right? And you're usually investing in companies that are very well known. So for other people that are not very interested in technology, but perhaps other industries, uh, we do know that there's thousands of companies that are working on other industries. And for somebody like me, uh, I don't know what other companies that are probably just starting off or that are, are not as expensive as very well known ones. How can we find out of other, you know, public companies that we can invest in. Yeah. So give me an example. Then I feel like that that would be a little bit what more helpful. Like give me a, a industry that you're interested in. Uh, like ooh, beauty or ooh, whatever. Ooh, yeah. Let's say healthcare. Okay. Right? Yeah. So something I would do is go on Google and put top healthcare stocks. Right or top upcoming healthcare stocks, I see. or top healthcare startups. Uh-huh. If you don't have that much money to invest, right, then a list will come out. Of course, everybody's always scrubbing data on the best and the and the brightest stocks for healthcare. Yeah. Then you would make a list. Then you start doing your due diligence. You start watching videos on YouTube, right? Which one do you feel the best? Which one do you feel like has the most potential? But okay. before you do that, you okay. need to decide. What your strategy is? Are you going to make a quick, quick buck, or are you going to invest long term? If you're going to make a quick buck, then you need to find companies based on your goal. Awesome. Right. Perfect. Perfect. Awesome. That that definitely answers my question, and hopefully, it answers the question of many of the listeners. Uh, but uh, I also saw something very interesting. So. You, you know, you were also lucky enough that you invested your money at the right time, the right place. So, you know, what happened happened a few months back due to the pandemic, stocks went down tremendously. But there's some people like me who didn't have the money at that time. 
right? And now everything is up again. Everything is too expensive to buy. How can we have people who were discouraged by this, you know, the value again going up that still want to invest? What are your recommendations? My recommendations is to look at it from a high level perspective in terms of there is never a perfect time to invest. That's just my opinion. Because like I said before, you can't time the market. You don't know when it's going to be up. You don't know when it's going to be down. So if you invest now and wait 10 years, I can almost guarantee that it's going to be up. If you if you invest into a company that's going to, that you believe in. But then wouldn't that be the same as what happened to you with crypto that probably there was, you know, I know that a lot of people are talking about possibly this being a bubble again. Everything is too expensive, right? So yes, there may be a, there is not a right or wrong time, but there is definitely times that are better than others. And as I was doing research, I found that one of the biggest mistakes that new investors do is that they buy high and they sell low and clearly right now the stock market is very expensive right so Mm -hmm. wouldn't right now be a wrong time to invest your money i disagree i i don't think like i said before there is a i i have friends that are investing right now and they're making money as we speak okay you just have to know like maybe if you know you're in a bubble maybe you play it short, right? Okay. Maybe you buy Tesla at 1400 and you sell it at 1700 when it goes up. Okay. And what other, what other way would we be able to hedge that risk, right? So maybe is it investing a little bit higher than usual, but in a company, like you said, that is going to keep growing, that has potential? Yeah. I mean, like, I don't think, for example, I don't, if you invest into Amazon, I don't think you're going to lose money. If you wait a year or two, mm-hmm. like if you if you're if you don't want to risk your money, you need to invest into a company that's safe. But if you're willing to risk it, then you go for a company that's smaller and that has more potential to grow in the future, okay. or that has potential to go down. Right? Like right now, whoever invests in airlines, let's say in the next stimulus package, they get a they get some funding. I bet you those stocks are going to go up, right? So that's a high risk option i'm telling some of my friends right now they're looking into getting into the stock market and they're like what should i invest in to make some quick money i'm like maybe airline stocks if they get some funding from the government who knows okay it's just all speculation yeah 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 but i don't think there's ever a perfect time to invest okay i'm investing right now and i'm still making money okay but you have to pull out you don't make money until you sell the stock yeah or you don't lose money until you sell yeah so that's an important thing to keep in mind. Okay, interesting. Awesome. So I just want to share some quick research that I did. Like I said, one of the biggest mistakes that new investors do is that they buy high and they sell low, which I think it's a very common one. Um, another one is when you're trying to get rich quick, you tend to make um, bad decisions. Uh, not diversifying enough. Also, letting emotions drive investing decisions. So not making a lot of research before investing. Ignoring fees. It's an interesting one. I think that's a a little bit more... uh, I feel like maybe that's another for another topic, but stops to charge. We could quickly talk about about it. About fees. Yeah. I mean, if you want to talk about it in a little bit. 
Uh, and yeah, pretty much that. Okay. Would you agree? Yeah. So what do you, let's talk about some of those and let's give them, you know, some answers. So, you know, they could get some value out of it. So which one do you want to start with? No, I think that let's just touch upon ignoring fees. We already talked about the other ones. Okay. So fees. So for example, if, if, um, you're just starting off and you want to get invested into the stock market, you know, you don't, you don't need to have the most complex platform in my opinion. You know, start off with something simple. Get to know how to invest into the stock market, right? So an uh, app that I like to recommend is Robinhood. Okay. The reason yeah. why is because it's commission-free. So when you buy a stock, let's say you buy an Apple stock, you don't have to pay any commission on it. I remember two years ago when I was buying cryptocurrency, I was debating between buying cryptocurrency and, and stocks. And the reason I didn't pick stocks is because I had to pay a commission. For every trade that I made, I had to pay $10 for every trade that I made. And so that discouraged me, and that's why I went to crypto, because there was zero commission on it. But nowadays, there's a lot of companies, almost all the companies, I would say, have zero commission on, tra- on their trading platforms. So re- there really is no fees, um, as of right now, that I know of. Like okay. if you're buying a uh, Tesla, whatever Unless stock you that you... Unless you decide to have, you know, invest in a... Mutual funds or have that's a different topic, yeah. 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 But we're talking right now, just to clarify, yeah, we're yeah, talking yeah. about the stock market. Okay. But yes, there is other things when someone gives you a service, obviously, there is a lot of fees associated yeah. with that. But we're talking about you controlling your own portfolio. If you go to Robinhood and buy your own stock, you don't have to pay any commission on it. Okay, interesting. Perfect. Okay, so I want to move on. I know that we're already, we have been talking about it for a little while, Mm -hmm. but we wanted to get our audience a little bit more engaged. So we went ahead and asked a few questions on Instagram. So for those people who have not yet invested, I asked, what is holding you back? And then for those of you who have already invested your money, what strategies do you use before investing? So I have Paul underscore A underscore A29. And he says that one of the strategies is finding the trend on the chart before a breakout. What do you think of that? I think that's more technical. Okay. I've never gotten that technical. I'm just not interested in going technical, but I know I have a couple of friends that have been very successful by looking at charts. Charts. I think if you're very quantitative and you have that skill, especially right now since the market is so volatile, you could probably make a lot of money. Yeah, okay. And he also mentioned that he also have a stop loss percentage to prevent you from losing your money. And he, you know, there's, this is a very, like I said, this is a very different way or like Caesar said of investing, but I'm guessing it's working for him. So you should always look into what is, what works best for you. Yeah. Um, somebody else, Flores underscore S said, read the market news and YouTube. Yeah, I think that's super important. I mean, every day there's news on different companies and if you could catch the trend before it happens, you could benefit from, from knowing the news before everyone else does and the market reacting. Yeah. And then Jose Ayala 911 said the same education on how to invest and then Ray Aguilar, 12, said, for stocks, research the company, check if growth over time, and buy on dip. Right? So very similar to what Caesar says. Um, now, 
for my people like myself who are a little bit more afraid of investing, I have Yaelin. So it's uh, Y-A-I-L-I-N-E-E-E. She mentioned not entirely sure how to, and I feel like people are selfish with their tactics. Hmm. So what do you mean by self? What do you think she means by when she says selfish by the tactics? I'm not sure. Probably. Um, like people don't talk about it too much. Do you think that's where the perspective that she's coming mm, from? Probably. If you put it that way, I think so. I mean, to be honest, now that you go on YouTube and you put investing strategies, there's a lot of free videos, but there's also a lot of people that charge you for courses. Ah, okay. So maybe that's what she means that she doesn't, okay. she wants to learn it for free and that's totally fine. And, but there's also a lot of people that charge, which is unfortunate. So for Yelene, I would say definitely, you know, talk to someone that you know, that, you know, that, that invests into the stock market, have them give you their advice and their strategy, and then you come up with your own goals that you want to reach with the stock market, and then keep doing research based on that. I, I promise you there's so much information out there. You just need to first focus on what is your goal of investing. Do you want to make quick money? Do you want to be more of a long-term, mid-term investor? And then based off of that, it's going to be easier for you to not feel overwhelmed. Yeah. Awesome. And then I had Steph Gomez underscore XO. Uh, what is holding her back is not knowing where to take risk. I'm so nervous of investing in something that will not succeed. So again, I would say that we can both agree that it's going back to you're doing your own due diligence and believing in the company, right? Yeah. You just have to feel comfortable enough. Where you're like, oh, I, I believe in this company and you I know, believe in the you mission. Won't, you won't make money unless you take a risk. You yeah. have to find, you know, what level of risk do you want to take? Yeah. And then this was a very interesting one. I feel like a lot of people can relate to this. And it's uh, by SWEAJ underscore. What is holding me back is lack of job security. Due to the pandemic and student loans and court fines. Hmm. So for the people who perhaps don't have the money that want to invest, what is your what is your recommendation? Yeah, so my opinion on that, I, I'm, I've always been a little bit more conservative with money. So I would say first, get that situation uh, fixed first, right? Don't invest money that you need tomorrow to pay court fines uh maybe Very if you lose good. your job it needs advice. to be money that like i told you guys you're willing to lose if anything right i think that takes the 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 fear out of investing right so first i would recommend to this follower to get their financial situation fixed up first and on the side start Saving up money, saving up money, saving up money, and when he's ready to invest. But in the meantime, what you could do to be proactive is go on YouTube, right? Learn investment strategies. Yeah. Learn maybe how to make people start with a hundred bucks and they make, you know, they do day trades and then they bring up their they value of their portfolio to like a thousand. Mm -hmm. So if you have a little money, learn how to make maybe money online and then use that money to invest into the stock market. Interesting. You could do it. You just have to be resourceful and find a way to do it. Very interesting. So let me let me just mention a little bit story of mine, share my experience. So I asked Caesar a lot, hey, help me out or how should I be investing? He says, first of all, how much money do you have in your bank account? Make sure that out of that money, you take out 
not three, but six months reserves and make sure that that money is able to cover rent, uh, cell phone, whatever you're paying, healthcare, etc. After that, leave money on the side for leisure, for food. And then whatever money you have left over, how much of that money are you willing to lose? Just in case you do invest and things don't go as planned, you won't be in need of that money. I think that's super important. That That is super important. A lot of people invest money that next month they have to pay for rent for. Yeah. yeah. And that's what, that was what was happening in cryptocurrency. People were taking out money or loans from their credit cards or their houses and they were wait they were you know waiting for that money to come back Mm -hmm. and a lot of people got burned so i definitely definitely um hope all of you learn from that and you know first have your savings six months of savings just in case of an emergency right now with the coronavirus happening who knows who knows if you're going to lose your job the next day right so have savings Mm -hmm. Have a budget of what you need for your leisure time, you know, going to the movies, eating out, et cetera, et cetera. And then how much are you willing to invest? I think that's a perfect formula. That's a perfect. Yeah. Awesome. And then last but not least, Bonita Flor 79. I give money to my boyfriend to invest in stocks for the long term game. Ha ha. Girl, I can totally 100% almost relate to you because... I rely a lot on Caesar, but I am trying to break break away from that because I think that it's important that you have some type of control over your decision making, right? Like you want to be comfortable just in case, you know, something happens, you you are able to make decisions that are going to benefit you in the long run. So I get you. And for those people uh, that, you know, have some type of thing holding them back from investing, just know that I'm here. I, I, I completely re- relate to you all. But it's all about taking that first step and asking people around you that you know who are already investing, hey, what is the best way to do it? And be self-aware, know yourself. Uh, for example, I'm not the person that is going to go and look at charts because it's too technical for me. I feel like I'm more oriented on, you know, uh, hu- I'm more into like human psychology or behavioral economics. So what do I see people doing next time? So, for example, I would say impact investing would be a very good one for me. Something that is going to impact people or impact small businesses like Square. Uh, yeah. So that's my take on it. That was so interesting. Yeah, I think I think it was very valuable for everyone to just to learn from my cryptocurrency mistakes and for them just to hear our process of due diligence and what we think about before investing into the stock market. Yeah, I think it was very interesting. Thank you, Caesar, for sharing. You, I definitely learned more about his tactics now than the past two years that we've been together. So <laughs> You never ask. <laughs> I always ask him, and he's always giving me excuses. So what do you want to learn? I don't know what I'm supposed to learn. I just I want mean, to advise. I have a lot of information, and if you don't give me like... No, 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 no. He's sh- like, okay, let's sit down. Let's schedule a call. Send me a calendar invite. Uh, send me a calendar invite. I'm, I'm going to make sure that I have free time. This is what he tells me, guys. I'm How a busy guy. I'm a busy guy. How disrespectful. Yeah, but definitely, everyone, let us know if you have any questions. Actually, I do have another question. So okay. it's very interesting. I feel like I was talking about this with my uh, boss when I used to work for the bank. And 
back then investment decisions were made very different because we didn't have any social media. A lot of the information was already late. It was not, you know, on time, instant information. It was like, okay, something happened today and then it would go public the next day on the newspaper. Now everything is on demand right away. Social media has definitely helped a lot of that. And we're seeing a lot of companies that I feel like are even either undervalued or overvalued just because the opinion of a few. So we know that uh, Elon Musk, I think it was a few years back, approximately two to one year, he tweeted something about he wanted to make Tesla private and the stock went up tremendously. And after that, I think it was the U.S. government that wanted to uh, sue him because he disrupted the value of the company. So how dangerous do you think that social media is when it comes to investing? And do you think if it's made it riskier just because somebody's opinion can make a stock so volatile? Yeah, I think for sure. If you like, for example, to go back with Tesla, I think a month or two ago, Elon Musk tweeted that the Tesla stock is way too overvalued. And as soon as he said that, I think it was at $800 and it went down immediately in less than 30 minutes to like $700. And for some reason, I don't know why, that day I was on the news and I saw the article come out immediately and I was able to take advantage, right? I bought at $700 and now it's at the price that it's at. But if you know how to take advantage of that situation, you will benefit from it. But it can also hurt you. A CEO could say anything right or they could tweet anything and the value of the company could just drop immediately like for example when when the trade war with china was happening and trump said uh you know we're working on something we're working on something he would tweet out constant information and the stock would be all over the place right now with the coronavirus it's all over the place so that's how you know that more now more than ever it's all about um psychology it's very psychology driven and what people, how people interpret the news is very important. And you kind of have to try to think ahead or predict how people are going to react to it. They're going to react. Like, for example, when coronavirus was just starting, everybody pulled out. Everybody was scared and everybody, you know, people were selling their stocks. People were just getting, diluting their portfolios. And that made the stock market go even more down and more down and more down. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, people started buying again and now it's up again. So you just have to, that's why it's important not to invest with emotion, right? When you yes. see the, when you see the market go dip down, it can either go up again or keep going down. What I like to do, depending on the stock that I'm looking at, I remember when Tesla went from, it went from like 400 to like 800 and then it dipped down when Elon Musk said, oh, it's going to go down. It's too overvalued. Instead of me freaking out and selling everything, I bought even more. I doubled down on my investment. And And hopefully right now now I'm good, yeah. I saw it this morning as 1,400 and something, or it was last night. Yeah, it's It's like two weeks ago it was like 1,700. 1,480 as of today, August 8th. Yeah. Interesting. And there's still a lot of things that are going to be announced with Tesla. So who knows how the the market is going to react to that. But. You so, guys just have to yeah. be comfortable with being uncomfortable, yeah. especially in the stock market. Yeah. You have no control. You have no control of what the CEO of a company is going to say. And you have to be okay with that. 
You have to be okay with you that. You have to be. So that's why you should diversify yeah. your investments, right? Yeah. Not only have everything in the stock market, maybe, maybe have it in real estate, maybe invest into your own business, which maybe you can't control. There's different ways to invest money. The stock market is not the only way. And I'm sure we'll do another episode on other we'll methods. We'll do another episode. Yeah. I know that uh, one of our good friends, Jose, mentioned what the one thing that he learned from the pandemic, which is a topic that we touched upon last episode, was that you need to diversify your investments because if you have it all in the stock market and it plunges the way that it did a few months back, you are going to freak out because you're basically losing all of your savings. So one thing that he mentioned is diversify them, not just within the stock market and different industries, but on real estate, which is like tangible assets that you can actually see and where your money is not going to disappear out of nowhere. Invisible money. That's how I call it. Yeah. So we'll touch upon that because Caesar is very into real estate. Uh, and But this was so interesting. I've learned so much, guys. Like I said, I've learned more today, August 8th, than I did uh, the past two years. Uh. Yeah, no, but I'm, I'm <laughs> glad like, that yeah, I, yeah, I gave yeah. everyone... Uh, I hope I offered a lot of value to all of you. And like I said before, if you have any questions, just make sure to reach out to us and we'll do our best to help you as much as yeah, we can. Yeah, for sure. Especially Caesar. I'm not going to sit down here and say that I'm the expert. Caesar, I think he has, he brings a lot of value because he has been willing to take a lot of risk. He has lost, but he has also gained just by taking that risk. And he hasn't had any monetary gain, but he has had a lot of... Um, Experience. Experience, which has led him to make better investment decisions. So thank you, everybody, for listening. This was a very insightful episode. Let us know what you think. Let us know what else you want us to talk about. I hopefully, you know, it's been 54 minutes. Hopefully you guys are still here with us. Yeah. All right, guys. Thank you for tuning in. Stay tuned. Thank See you on the you. next one. Bye. Ciao. Ciao, Pescao. Ciao, Pescao.